I'm recording too. We're back. We are back. So exciting. It's been a long time, but we are finally back. The Catholic Banter Podcast is back. The banter returns. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we can still remember how to banter after all this time? I don't know. I've forgotten. Who are you? <laughs> well, yeah. I, th- I think it's like riding a bike. I think you never forget. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Catholic Banter Podcast. Yes, after a three-month break, we are back. Along with Star Trek Discovery and Premier League football on other things that Lizzie probably cares about, we are back with you. I'm still Jack Regan, even after all this time. You're still Lizzie Wakeley. How are you, Lizzie Wakeley? I'm very well, thank you, Jack Regan. Yeah, I don't care about football, and I don't really care about Star Trek, so I'm sorry if that offends anyone, Uh, but I am glad to be back. (laughs) Yeah, but yet we are still friends in spite of the fact that you don't care about those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How's life with you? I mean, obviously we're still struggling through the horror that is COVID, but apart from that, how are you? Life is good. I'm getting really stuck in at work, coming up with really loads of ideas for kind of connecting people in new and exciting and creative ways. I think the lack of travel is actually the lack of commuting and stuff is really good. I think technology has brought amazing things um, that we can really make the most of in this time and moving forward to connect people that we might not have been able to connect previously. Um, So I'm really excited about that and trying to use that absolutely to its best abilities. Um, Yeah, apart from that, still in lockdown, but in a low tier of lockdown, not a high tier of lockdown. So again, all good Um, and starting to get a bit chilly considering getting into the time of year where I wear two pairs of socks instead of just one. That was my thought process this morning. Do I need two pairs of socks today? So, Wow, for me, this is the time of year where I need to start taking my asthma inhaler more seriously. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what winter <laughs> signifies for me. I don't wear two pairs of socks any time of the year because what? I'm not a big old freak. Not, I'm not freaky. I just get cold feet. But I, I mean, and you have to think about it properly. So you have some like really plain ones to go underneath and then you have some fun ones that go over the top, you know, because you've got to have snazzy socks. You can't just be dull. So it's it's about pairing them up correctly. And it's a whole, a whole thing that goes into getting dressed in the morning now. Okay. <laughs> up, up here, because um, I'm about 300 miles north of Lizzie. You must have freezing feet. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really, it's getting quite cold up here now. The weather is atrocious. I had to drive home through a bit of a rain and hailstorm today and the roads in Cumbria aren't always the best. So that wasn't too much fun, but it's beautiful. I still get to drive through the Lake District every day. That is very cool. That's a good way of like you must every day in my life be like, God is so good because there's nothing like his creation for kind of bringing that straight to your attention well yeah definitely but i mean god is god is good to me all all over the place i mean i've got a fantastic job i've got a lovely family i've got a beautiful little boy i've got a great drive to work yeah there's there's a lot of good things in my life and uh i have to remind myself of that a lot when i get ticked off about covid yeah yeah let's count the blessings it's the best way to best way to be especially right now yeah. yeah, definitely. So, Lizzie, we had a. I'm, I'm going to do a bit of a mere culpa and uh, admit that I've made uh, I've made yet another pod um, mistake. Um, I prepared the wrong thing. I thought we were doing Fratelli Tutti this evening. We are in fact not. We're in fact doing a completely different course. This is like. Um, oh, by the way, before we go any further, I've I've got something to admit to you that I never admitted to you before. Okay. Do you remember that awesome episode we did where we interviewed Father Tom? Yes. Yeah, I deleted my audio recording. What? 
Yeah, I deleted my audio recording not long after we did it. So what I had to do, but luckily it was only a day later and I hadn't said much and I could remember everything that I said. So what I went through, what, what I did... So what I did I was, was like, I went through and I re-recorded all the bits that I knew I'd said at the points where I knew I'd said them. And actually, it worked out pretty well. I was well. going to say, because actually loads of people downloaded and listened to that. So I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. It went out. How did we do that if you deleted it? Well done, Jack. It, well done. It went out as basically something of a fabrication. Oh, it's good, though. Yeah. I don't know if I listened to that one back, actually. Um Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm not I'm not too. I don't think that's too much of a fraud because uh, hey. what went out as me having said was what I said, just not at that particular time. So there you go. And it was it was what Tom had to say was what was important. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah. We were just the glue holding it together. Absolutely, absolutely. So what we're gonna do tonight instead of fratelli tutti, fratelli tutti. My suggestion. Good Italian accent. I, you, you have to say it like that. You have to say it like that. You can't say it. Not normally. really. I can say Fratelli Tutti in my English accent quite easily. Yeah, but it's not as fun. My life is about tutti. fun. That's fratelli really good fun. Tutti. <laughs> when we finally do Fratelli Tutti, it's addictive. When we finally do Fratelli Tutti in a few months' time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few yeah. weeks' time, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we should mix it up. So. Um, I wanted to maybe explore some of the resources that are out there to help us discover and explore our faith a little bit more. Um, and I thought we could start with um, the Discovery Programme, which has been produced by Catholic Christian Outreach, the guys based over in Canada. Um, and this programme is all about the basic kerygma. Um, and it poses some really beautiful questions that I thought we could kind of discuss um, together but also our listeners can kind of think about at home as well. Um, but we can, you know, we can mix it up. So you know, we can do a bit of course this time. Next session, we'll do fratelli tutti. We'll come back to this again the session after, um, just to keep things a bit interesting and a bit a bit lively. Um, does that sound like a reasonable plan, Jack? Not at all like we've just made that up. <laughs> no, that does sound like a reasonable plan. Well, no, we haven't just made that up. That was your plan all the way along and you've properly prepared it i just had a different plan. <laughs> i just didn't tell you <laughs> oh dear 300 miles apart people 300 miles apart we're doing our best um yeah and it's working more or less um so and yeah to be honest we don't really do this to publish we just do this because we like having a chat and we if do. other people want to listen we in, do. that's great but if they don't you know whatever we've had fun so um let me read you the little introduction paragraph here about um, that's that's laid out for us in this discovery program before we jump into the first question. So it explains to us that Christian faith is built upon the love of God. God's love is the central message of Christianity and the source of our faith. We need to understand God's love if we are to make sense of anything else the Catholic Church professes. The expression God loves you is familiar to many. So familiar, in fact, that we risk forgetting what it means. If we were to ask at a Christian gathering who thinks that God loves them, the majority of people would likely raise their hands. One has to wonder, though, do we really know God loves us? Many people think of God's love in general, vague or detached terms. Their experience of it is therefore rather thin, shallow and impersonal. Surely, if God is God, his love should give us much more than a vague sense of comfort. It must be more than this. So, Jack, first question for us to have a little think about. What happens in our hearts when we are loved? 
and how are we affected by that? So, wow. I, let me just say, I like this all so far. Is there more of that question? Yeah. So, you know, thinking about kind of bringing it back to human love, what was it like when you first sort of started to fall in love with your lovely wife, Jilly? What sort of things were going on there? It's when you when you start to feel in love with someone, I think you have a sense of security. You have a sense that of warmth and safety and just a sense that in that relationship you have a safe harbour, you have somewhere that's nice and lovely and warm and where you can be yourself and where there's a connection. And it just kind of touches other parts of your life as well. You feel happier when you're doing other things. You feel more fulfilled when you're doing other things. Yeah, it just it, it touches everything. It's not just about that relationship itself. That's a <laughs> that summarizes it really quite nicely, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um What's your answer? Yeah, I would there's something about safe and secure and something about being yeah, being yourself is a really big thing isn't it when you know you're loved by someone you know you can make an idiot out of yourself and it doesn't really matter because they'll still love you thank goodness um <laughs> yeah so that's safety that's security and i really like what you say about um it touching other aspects of your life as well because it does it makes you better because you're happier so can we translate that to god's love for us so God's love for us is personal, proven, merciful and offered. Uh, we're going to look at these aspects of God's love throughout the faith study. And it's important to understand all of them in order to appreciate the true character of God's love for us. It can be difficult to believe that God loves us as individuals and knows and cares about our personal lives. The truth is that he knows each of us by name. He knows all the details of our lives, even to the number of hairs on our heads. He loves us and delights in us individually, and we need to hear these truths. The number of hairs on my head is not a big number. <laughs> Makes it easier to count. It's fine. It's good. <laughs> I mean, he's God. He could count it anyway, but you know, he's got less work to do. Oh, dear. So um, the programme now offers us a chance to look at some scripture passages and to think about what those scripture passages tell us about God's personal love. So the, the first one is from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. You probably know this one, Jack. Go some, and I think it might be one of your favourites, actually, from what we've... Oh, that one, yeah. For, oh, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. So what does that tell us about God's love for us? that we're not an accident, we're intentionally created. I think part of it is the sort of atheist worldview has to believe that we are just an accident of science, a beautiful accident maybe, but we are an accident of science. Um, whereas actually our worldview says, no, 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 you are something that is willed and is loved and is cherished and is looked after. Um, and there is, I mean, I always go back to fatherhood. You know, I always go back to the way that I look at my son is a very, very dim reflection of the way that God looks at me. And actually that little boy wasn't just born into nothingness by science. That little boy was born into a family that loved him. And actually, yes, we're all born into human families that love us. Well, most of us are. Tragically, some of us aren't, but um, most of us are. And 
actually, as well as that, we're born into a supernatural family that love us as well. We're the supernatural father. I love that. It's funny what you were saying about about the alternative worldview. I was I was into Radio Four on the way home, and there was an advert for a, a, a session coming up with Bill Bryson, I think it was, and it's all about how isn't it an amazing coincidence that all these bits have come together that make you you? And I was like, no, no, it's not a coincidence at all. It's like think about how phenomenal the the you know statistical likelihood is. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> wrong <laughs> it's a it's a it's a creator that's put it all like that so that we can be here um but actually if it was just a coincidence and if there was no reason to it we wouldn't be able to say we wouldn't be able to marvel at it we wouldn't be able to see any good in it we wouldn't be able to see any higher reason in it um if we were just atoms and molecules we wouldn't have access to that stuff no matter how complex those piles of atoms and molecules had become mm. But I mean, when I think about how that makes me feel, that actually there's a purpose to my life. I'm not an accident. I'm not just a clump of cells bopping about the earth. You know, it, it gives meaning. It gives hope. It gives joy. I don't, I don't know that I could live without those things, to be honest with you. I don't think I could cope with just thinking, well, none of it matters because it's just chemistry. I think that would be very sad. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's interesting. I, I do, uh, forgive me for going on a slight tangent, but I do a session with young people looking at what does it mean um, if there's no God? And actually, one of the things that it means is, yes, there's no purpose to anything. There's no ultimate right and wrong. But it means a load of other things as well that you don't think of. Science tells us that actually we live in a deterministic universe. In other words, um, at the Big Bang, there was a big explosion and Everything that happened after the Big Bang was determined by the laws of physics alone and nothing else. Okay. Mm. So basically, what you're going to do after we finish recording this podcast, you've got a choice. Maybe you'll have a cup of tea. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll go and, um, you know, let Carl in from the garden where you've vanished. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you won't. You've got choices to make. But actually, if we live in a deterministic universe and there's no God, then what you're going to do after this podcast was already determined by the laws of physics at the Big Bang. Your entire life is a script. <gasps> Unless there's a God, every single thing you do is determined. And that's really interesting because no way. atheists yeah. always talk. Yeah, and that's that's completely... Um, unambiguous in science. If people want to look it up, read, um, just Google the work of Professor Coyne from Chicago. He sort of made a big splash with this about 10 years ago. Um, we, it's completely deterministic and science accepts that as absolute. Science says, well, yeah, they just don't talk about it so much because they don't like it. But yeah, we are, but what's interesting about that is, Atheists always talk about how getting away from religion brings you freedom. There's actually an organization called the Freedom from Religion Foundation. But no, sorry. If there's <laughs> nope. no God, you literally, 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 literally have not one iota of freedom. Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. Nice yeah. tangent. Thank you. <laughs> I, I am interesting, Lizzie. That's why people That's... download the pod. And, and for you as well. Coming back to um, understanding God's love, personal love for us, we go now to Isaiah 49, 15 to 60. Can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. 
So even mothers might forget their own children, but God will never forget us. How does that make you feel about God's love? Again, I mean, I love uh, the parenthood analogies for God. Um, It works for me really well. Um, I really like it. And actually what you get of... What you get in the Old Testament particularly is you get a lot of female um, sort of imagery for God. Um, but, yeah, that's it. It's, it's yeah, going back to what we said before. The <laughs> fact that, yeah, exactly. The fact that we are loved and God won't forget us. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that's very, very cool. By the way, do you know, this is a little fun fact. Do you know why he's called Isaiah? No. Because is it interesting? Because if you look at him, one Isaiah than the other. Oh, my goodness. I thought you were going to genuinely come up with something really but that's yeah. not bad that's a proper dad joke i have to say jack that's a proper yeah. catholic or christian dad joke i'm a proper catholic or christian dad <laughs> well i've got millions of them and i'm debating now whether to leave that in the pod or not i'll decide later oh you gotta leave it in gotta leave it in it's a classic it's a classic um do you know what i love about that passage the little bit about i have inscribed you on the palms of my hands yeah and that just takes me to Jesus and the crucifixion and like he literally Ooh, never thought of that. Yeah, right? Like, he loved us inscribed us so deeply that he stretched his arms out and died for us. Like that's how deeply he loves us. It gives his life. You know, how many people do you know? Obviously your family, I hope you would give your life for Jack. I'm not judging you if you say you Oh, I would. I would. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, that one really makes me think. And then the last scripture they're asking us to reflect on is um, Psalm 139. So, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of uh, all of my ways. Total classic. Total classic. <laughs> I think what that says to me more than God loves us, it backs up the sort of God loves us stuff and the other bits, but what that says to me as well is actually God is always with us. And that sort of propels me to the end of Matthew's gospel. I'm with you to to the end of time. You know, whatever we go through, God is right there. And um, when you said about inscribed on the palm of God's hand, that reminded me of a very, very cheesy quote that I heard years ago. Somebody said years ago, um, and, and by the way, listeners, I realise how cheesy this is. I would <laughs> like, never use a phrase like It better like be this. really good and cheesy. You're building it up. <laughs> but somebody somebody said years ago, if God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. Oh. <laughs> I, I know, I know. That's, that's just fingers down the back of the throat, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> once, you get, once you get past the cringe nature of that comment... Actually, like it's a, it's a, it's actually quite a nice sentiment, and the palm of the hand thing makes it in far less a far less cheesy way. But yeah, what do you think? I think this if you can bring this back to sort of human examples of love as well, can't you? So it's when you get home from work, you ask your loved one how their day's been, not just out of courtesy, but because you're really curious about them and how they're doing, and and when they ask about you, and you feel like you can share with them. It's the little things in life matter when you're in love. And it's the same with God. The little things in your life matter to him too. It's not just about, you know, going to, to church on Sunday or streaming the, the mass on Sunday. It's, it's every little thing that is a part of your life is important to him. Um, and I think that's really beautiful because I think a lot of the time people 
if they think of God as being sort of far away and, and unreachable, those those little bits of, of their life, they won't dedicate them to God. They won't be aware of him in, in everything because they sort of think it doesn't matter to him. So, yeah, um, you know, like Timothy, if he draws you a, is he drawing yet? How old is he now? Two and a half? He's, yeah, he's drawing. Yeah, so if he brings you a picture, like, tell me about it. What do you do? Do you, how do you react oh, to it? If you could see our utility room downstairs, all around <laughs> the walls, we've got Timothy's artwork. And what you can't see, listeners, is when I say artwork, I'm doing air quotes. Artwork. <laughs> um, it's basically just scribbles, but the thing is, it's done in love. Yeah. It's done in love. And so, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it means the world to us. Everything he does means the world to us. It absolutely means that. And that's how God feels about every little thing that we do. Yeah. Stephen Bullivant, um, who is a uh, lecturer at uh, St. Mary's Twickenham, a uh, really good guy. He's written a lot of, we talked about him when we were looking at books, like way, way, way back when. Um, he wrote a great book about the Trinity. It's called The Trinity, How Not to Be a Heretic. And in that book, he started off by talking about theology. And he basically said that, you know, God is so far above us that our theology can never really comprehend who he is or really say anything at all that gets anywhere near to who he is but actually god still appreciates our theology and he kind of likened our theology to a little child doing a drawing presenting the drawing to his mum and dad um yes it's technically very very poor but it's done in love and so mm. god takes our theology and probably most of what we do and sticks it on the big white fridge in heaven <laughs> amazing there's a big white fridge in heaven i love that <laughs> yeah i mean i'm hopefully going to get my fizzy drinks when i'm in heaven so yeah, there better yeah, be yeah. a fridge yeah got to keep them somewhere right yeah. <laughs> okay thanks so let's let's wrap up that little bit of the section about um about god's personal love for us and think about more about the quality of his love so the kind of person that he is, the kind of character he is, and, and therefore how he demonstrates his love. So for that, we jump um, to the New Testament. We look at John, where Jesus tells us that he is the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So what does that help us? What does that tell us about Jesus? It tells us the heart that God has to bring us back to him because actually Jesus laying down his life was about bringing us back to God and it tells us that actually when we go astray you know that's not good but the main thing God wants from us is God wants to bring us back and actually the lengths God will go to to bring us back are just huge there's something about the selfless nature of the love as well isn't there mm. that um it's not like there's no bartering involved. It's not like, well, I'll, I'll come and get you if you do this. It's like, I literally, whatever happens, I'm going to lay down my life for you. Um, and that, that really demonstrates just that unending love, that unconditional love um, that will always be looking out for us. One might say the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. That <laughs> song is in my head going round right now one might say that or sing that yeah it's a good song <laughs> it's a great song there is on youtube uh there is a video of Corey asprey who wrote it um singing the song and he sort of leads a reflection in the middle 
where he um, reads out that verse of scripture about uh, leaving the 99 and he gives a personal reflection about what the song means to him. Oh, wow. Um, I'll put a link in the description. Cool. It's really, really yeah. powerful. I love it. Excellent. I shall look forward to listening to that. So we're exploring a little bit more about um, the character. We go to Romans. Um, so who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. That's that's basically saying that the love of God is the most powerful force there is in the world. Um, somebody said once years ago to me that um, this is a great quote. When Jesus said, love one another, he wasn't trying to keep the peace. He was trying to arm us with the most powerful weapon the world has ever seen. I love that. I know. It's cool, isn't it? It's that, what that's basically saying is it's saying God's love is the most powerful, the most awesome, the coolest thing there is. Yep. You know, all True the things that. That on this earth True that we look up to, like that. governments and militaries and celebrities and all the things that scare us, like COVID and, you know, Donald Trump and that kind of thing. Actually, you know, the love of God is just way more powerful than those things. And actually, the love of God can perfect all those things if they, if they want. Maybe not COVID, but, you know. Do have you... Just, you know, off topic, I've been feeling lately like I must be able to wake up from this dream soon. I feel like life is just <laughs> so weird, right? That you're like, must be a dream. We must wake up soon. We, we we can't really have Trump as president with a with him coming back, you know, trying to be president again. We can't can't really have this like international pandemic, can we? Can we? It's 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 weird, isn't it? Life right now. Well, I mean, Trump has. I, I mean. I spent the last year of my degree studying the European Union, mm. um, among other things, but mainly the European Union. And I just thought, okay, all this talk about leaving the European Union, we're never going to actually leave the European Union. We just wouldn't do something that stupid. And then, oh my God, we did. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a dream. Surely it's a dream. Anyway, coming back to topic, um, is there anything that can separate us from the love of God? There, well, I mean, obviously, our sin and our turning away from God. There we go. <laughs> consequence of free will of the fall. Um, the love of God is always there for us. And I think, actually, we will always feel the love of God to some degree. But the more we turn away from it, the less we will feel it. And the more we will suffer because of it, the more unhappy we will be. And the less ourselves we will be. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the less yeah. ourselves. I mean, this is a point I always make to people that... Um, the Christian faith. This is another quote that somebody said to me once, uh, a lovely guy called Brother Bennett Conroy, who was a De La Salle brother. He was my boss years ago. He's one of the most spiritual people I've ever met. He was brilliant. He said, as I've gotten older, one thing I've learned is that the purpose of religion is to make us more human, not less human. I love that. It's beautiful. And so, so true. So, so true. So sometimes we might find it hard to believe that God loves us personally. And that might lead to us relating to him in an impersonal way, thinking of him as some kind of faraway cosmic entity. 
um, because we don't believe he is personal or accessible, we treat him in a detached and distant kind of way. So are there any things you do, Jack, that help you to kind of consider, relate to God as if you consider him to be like a person or like as a close friend? I see the obvious answer. And I'm guessing the answer they want us to kind of flock to here. But a very obvious and very good answer is prayer. I mean, that's, uh, I always say to people that prayer is a relationship. Any relationship you've got to put time into. You know, if you don't put time into a marriage, it will go stale. You know, I've yep. got to put time into my son. Yep. Prayer is how we put time into our relationship with God. And prayer isn't just about talking. Prayer isn't just about intercession and asking for things. Prayer is about stillness, contemplation, meditation. It's about being with God in that personal space. Um, I think there's other answers as well. I mean, I think when I try to love people and when I try to do the loving thing and not do the unloving thing, I'm actually relating to God and carrying God with me. Do you ever imagine that God is with you in the room? I like doing that. I like having a a cup of tea with Christ. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever done that, but like when you sit down, you intentionally sit down for a cup of tea thinking, right, God's going to sit down next to me. We're just going to spend some time together. That's always quite fun. I quite enjoy that. I've never done that, but I may well do that now. Yeah, do it. Some, I've, I've heard someone actually recommend that you actually make a cup of tea for Christ as well. So you actually consciously, because you're making two cups and you pop one down like opposite you, like if you're sitting at a table and kind of just really visualise that, that that can be quite powerful. I don't like to do that because I don't like to waste tea. But, you know, I suppose you could always pop it in the microwave a bit later, reheat it. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, things like that to really kind of – I mean, I'm a big fan of journaling, so I write to God quite a lot, and that really helps me um, in in that relationship kind of naturally flow with conversation. So I write something and sort of feel that kind of response as well. So that's quite helpful too. I, I used to do that. I used to, years and years and years ago when I was living in a community, I used to I used to write to God. Um, but I used to, this is both amusing and sad. I used to write in German in case anyone found it. Oh, bless you. See, I, I sometimes I think, oh, if ever I become, become a saint, someone's going to go through all this <laughs> to see if I'm actually, <laughs> if there's a case for sainthood, they're like going to look at my journals. <laughs> like, better write good stuff. <laughs> That's terrible, isn't it? What a serious lack of humility. Oh yeah, that they'll, they'll, they'll look they'll look through for any sign of unorthodoxy. But yeah, no, I used to, I used to do the writing to God thing. Maybe I will again. That's quite cool. Yeah. And have a cup of tea. Have a cup of tea with Christ. Top tip. If I don't do tea, can I do hot chocolate? You can. Absolutely. Cuz I, I hate tea. Maybe the Holy Spirit likes hot chocolate. Maybe go for a different member of the Trinity. <laughs> Person of the Trinity. <laughs> I thought you meant uh, the Trinity as in tea, coffee and hot chocolate. but Maybe God's a coffee guy. Jesus yeah. is a cup of tea guy. Holy Spirit's hot chocolate. Who knows? Gilly's a coffee person. I'll, I'll ask her which member of the Trinity it kind of most associates with. I would say maybe coffee would be Holy Spirit because it's kind of invigorating. Sorry, this is probably really heretical. Never mind. And, and, Moving on. And, and hot chocolate's God the Father because hot chocolate's like a kind of a big warm hug, isn't it? Yeah, I love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> tea for me is what you have when you're out and about, like pop in for a cup of tea. Jesus is incarnate. He's out and about, so maybe he's tea. 
Oh, this is brilliant. I love it. <laughs> There's no other podcast. Bishop Robert Barron would never go into this. <laughs> oh, dear. I love that. Love that. Um, so <laughs> we're encouraged uh, in this next section to maybe relate to God um, slightly differently perhaps with a childlike heart. So we, we look at Matthew. Um, he called a child whom he put among them and said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So how can we relate to God differently if we become more like children? I think what children do is they just love you and they just enjoy things and they don't over-intellectualise things. Yeah. That's not to say I'm not knocking theology because there is definitely a place for theology. But um, I think if you have that, that should come out of the simple, gentle, I know that I'm loved. Yeah. I mean, one thing I always think as well is we, we uh, with little kids, we tell little kids, God loves you. God wants you to love other people. Um, and when they get to a certain age, we drop that message because we think that's a baby message and they're ready for more. And they are ready for more, but they still need that message. And we kind of forget that. Yeah, that's true. And I guess that's kind of why I wanted to explore this course a little bit more, actually, because I think it is important to keep revisiting that message and not get caught up with everything else that's going on in the world. I mean, right now there's a lot going on with, um, you know, what did Pope Francis really say about LGBT families, civil unions, all that kind of stuff. And you can get really sucked into all of that. But actually what fundamentally matters is that all of us are loved by God, mm. um, regardless of our orientations or, you know, whatever. And And it's about entering into that relationship of love with him and then yeah and at this point it's probably worth saying when when we say things like i mean i totally agree with you what you said there is 100 percent correct but there are going to be people who like you and me are uh, quite orthodox in their faith who are going to be thinking oh hang on a minute that's a theological sideswipe and it's not you can be completely orthodox to church teaching which me and lizzie absolutely are mm, and sure. still be loving and caring yeah. and in the right sense of the word inclusive those two things aren't mutually exclusive yeah. i mean on the issue you just i mean i don't want to bring that whole issue up no 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 no, no to death but i mean on that issue i'm completely in line with church teaching but i still believe in reaching out to people with the love of god and actually those two things must go together you know you can't have um you can't have love without truth. You can have truth without love, but it's stripped of its power. So the two have to go together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's where sort of like that childlike trust, that childlike wonder um, can be really helpful because you can get so caught up in the sort of political, which side, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know what, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, um, but like you say, that really, as you said earlier about that, that relationship with Jesus making you more fully human, more fully the person you were created to be, that person that you're created to be is somebody that is aligned with the teachings because the teachings are, uh, we're going to get quite controversial now, aren't we? But uh, the teachings are what's best for us as humans. Yeah. That's why they've been given to us. 100%. 
and and I'm not saying that that alignment is easy, and I'm not saying even if it's it's necessary for everyone because there are various fruits of salvation. And um, but you know that's that's the 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 blueprint for a healthy, fulfilled, holy, joy-filled, peace-filled life. Like, Amen. and I'm not saying, and yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, and I'm not saying that's easy to follow because we're all broken. We all struggle. As you said, it's our sin that separates us from God's love. Um, and that can take any form. Um, you know, clearly mine is pride. I was just talking about how one day my journals are going to be gone through because there's going to be a campaign for my sainthood. Clearly I've got issues, right? <laughs> Liz, if I outlive you, and let's face it, that's quite unlikely. <laughs> I'm going to push the cause for your penalisation. <laughs> oh, no, don't. That's horrendous. Um, but yeah, like, I, sh you know, but that's what I'm saying is the centre of it all. It's God's love for us. Now, um, just a quick note. We are 40 minutes in, which is probably about the sweet spot. So yeah. uh, we probably don't want to go on for a huge amount longer. No, that's kind of it, really. Um, there, there is a challenge at the end of the session, Jack, if you would like to take on the challenge. And it's to choose one way to relate to God as someone who is personally present in your life. So that's the cup of tea with Christ thing. So try and... One way to relate to God as someone who's personally present in my life. Okay, I'm going to think about that and I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I encourage listeners at home to think about trying to relate to God as someone who is personally present in their life as well. Give that a go. See what happens. Um, yeah. End of session. What did you think of it, Jack? I like it. I really, really like it. I think we should keep on doing it. It's a good course, isn't it? I'm, yeah. also, I'm also thinking that my my team at work, our, our young volunteers, I'm thinking I should do that with them as well because I'm thinking yeah. they'd get a lot out of it. Yeah. Well, the guys the guys put it together, um, the Catholic Christian Outreach people that work on university campuses so it's it's aimed at young adults really so it's pretty cool if you you do go ahead and use it same when the youth minister's listening give it a go with your teams i don't know why i'm publicizing it i don't own shares just so you know <laughs> yeah. i just really like it i just think it's so important to keep coming back no it's good and finding good resources is great i mean uh yeah. recently i've discovered pete greg's prayer course which i love to bits okay. um uh, I I love Alpha, obviously. I love uh, the Bible timeline, Chosen. Finding good resources, very, very important. Mm -hmm. Now, before we end the session, um, I've got some news. I'm going to ask you? the uh, listeners for some help. Um, I, in the month of November, I am doing a virtual bike ride from Keswick to London. Um, in the month of November, I'm going to be covering 250 miles um, theoretically across England. In reality, I'm going to be on an exercise bike in my garage. I'm doing it to raise money for the diocesan youth service I work for. Um, if people want to sponsor me, they are more than welcome to do so. If you go to facebook.com forward slash Castle Rig Manor, um, you can find out how to sponsor me on there. I'd be very grateful. If you can't, don't worry. Um, I'm also going to say the thing we always say, which is if you're enjoying this podcast, please go to the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcast from. Give us a nice five-star review. That way we will go up the charts. More people will get to know about us. Oh, Jack, you're going to cycle 250 miles. Oh, that's so cool. Can you not actually do it? Come and cycle and see me. 
Yeah, I think there's all sorts of problems with that. Oh, you can imagine. You could that will help you get through it though, because you're imagine you're cycling to come and see me, and you'll be yeah. like, "This is this is so cool." The end of this, I'll be so happy because I'll get to yeah. see Lizzie. <laughs> I, haven't actually, I haven't actually seen you other than on a screen in nearly a year. Oh, I know. It's sad. Cycle yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cold. It's wet. It's horrible. Don't, don't. No, I've got no intention of doing it. I'm going to sit in my garage watching Star Trek. I think what you should do, though, is have like cycle to landmarks and then get like a picture and then selfies of you. Okay, cool. We are totally and absolutely doing that. Of yeah. course, of course, you're all over it. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Now, shall I end with a prayer? Yes, please. Yes. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, uh, we thank you and we praise you and we glorify you for the fact that you love us. Um, we don't deserve it. Uh, there's nothing we did to make it happen. You created us out of nothing just so you could love us. And that is pretty cool. Um, we thank you. We pray that we and everyone else in the world can come to a fuller realisation of how much you love us and we pray that we can respond to that love by loving other people. Give us the heart to do that. Send your Holy Spirit to work in us so that we can do that more really and more beautifully each day. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen.